everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Bali. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, looking for my good buddy, Seth Robinson out there. Seth? Hey, how's it going? Going okay. How are you holding up in the yeah. winter weather? I'm good. I mean, I'm in Chicago, so we, we've had weather, but we always do. So um, yeah, same here, you know, no yeah. but my sister lives in Texas um, and she's been living in a hotel for the last three nights because they, she's in San Antonio and is in the thick of the hell that's going on down there. Um, so she had to move herself, her husband, their two adult children while well, they're college age children who ha- just happened to be home on break. So they at, were at the house. They would have been better off being at school and their dog <laughs> living in a hotel room. So, you know, they're safe and sound, but it's a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. Well, um, I guess they could have jumped on a plane to Cancun. Good point. I'm getting a lot of text about that from my brother-in-law, who is a judge in San Antonio. He's my my uh, my sister's husband, obviously, and um, he was a staunch Republican. And I think he's jumping ship at this point. Yeah, well. yeah, they do. So, so we have a guest today. Yeah, Very yeah. Exciting. We um we wanted to talk about a topic that was a really big deal several years ago, right? Like I was actually thinking about it and social cloud and mobile, like there were vendors that were putting those three together. Like this is a thing, you know, they, they would call it a thing. And I, social has obviously been a big topic since that point, but I think not in quite the same way, not, not in, in terms of like businesses using it as a strategy. And it's obviously, you know, stepped into kind of a different part of the spotlight um, with its interaction with society and, and how it's kind of changing and driving society. So we wanted to have someone on that uh, spends all of her time uh, dealing with these things. It's CompTIA's Senior Director of Social Media, Kelly Stone. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm awesome. I'm also in Chicagoland, and this is the most snow that I've seen in my adult life because it just keeps coming. Yeah. I mean, I, I moved here from Minnesota, so uh, <laughs> I've yeah. seen it, um, but uh, you know, I'll be glad to see it go also. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The first snow is always fun. The 111th snow is not fun. No. No, it starts to get old. I'm a New England person, and so this is just the way it is, but uh, yeah. And we didn't even have it for Christmas, right? It's like, if you're going to have snow- right. You should at least well, get we, white we, Christmas we, out of it. Yeah, we did. We had a ton of snow for Christmas. We've just had a ton of snow. All, but February has <laughs> been unusual. Yeah. But it's it's fine. Um, you know, you just have to put your boots on and your coat and bundle up and deal with it. You know the movie Fargo. Um, so where uh, Frances McDormand and she's pregnant and she's just got that like giant parka on and that like this hat with fur rim and everything. And she's in the big boot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of life here for a while. Not real sexy, but you know, it is what it is. All right. So social Kelly, like I, like I said, this has been in the spotlight in different ways. It's kind of been uh, a narrative that's unfolded uh, in some interesting ways over the past 10 years. And so I thought we would just start at a real high level, you know, what, what do you see as the state of social here in 2021? What are some of the biggest issues? What are some of the biggest challenges moving forward? I think 
what we've seen in the past five to 10 years is an unrelenting march towards sophistication. I think one of the most insidious things that the social media industry ever did was allow regulators, citizens, governments to believe that social media is perpetuated by young kids with funny colored hair who wears who wear zip ups and uh, talk in memes. I think it's a lot more scary when you consider social media is actually perpetuated by people like me who have master's degrees and are using it for a high level of research and sophistication. If you had asked somebody in 2015 what role social media has in elections, they might say, you know, Barack Obama had a really great social media presence and it probably had an impact as opposed to today we know that the 2016 election was very much influenced by the perpetuation of social media. So it's an entirely different world. It's different professionals that are running it and it's very different goals and outcomes today. Yeah, I think that's that's interesting. I, I, I think there's been a lot of underestimation when it comes to social media. And like you're saying, kind of underestimation of who's doing it. I think there's been underestimation of these companies in terms of what happens when you get to scale. And I think there's been some underestimation of, of the people that are using it about like what it looks like to be broadcasting to everyone. And that maybe if, if suddenly you're broadcasting to everyone in your network and you're putting out certain messaging, you're not being as careful uh, about how you would normally change that messaging because you're aware of which group you're talking to. So I, I think all of that has kind of led into the current situation. Yeah, we've seen this across the industry. There's all sorts of tropes about politicians, Anthony Weiner not understanding the difference between a direct message and a publicly broadcasted tweet. Uh, these have taken down politicians and pillars of society alike. Yeah, I, I, I agree that I think that um, with, with you, Kelly, in terms of social media's initial um, caricature of being only the dominion of, you know, teenagers and, and kids and, and, and they definitely used it. There are awful lot of the larger platforms now, as you well know, and uh, they have their own little things that they've moved on to. But as far as the use of social media as a business tool, specifically marketing and communications, but other ways to use it. And, and I, I don't want to focus entirely on the channel, but that's an area that I spend a lot of time, my time on. And, you know, we've asked them how they communicate using social media and, you know, they, they all enthusiastically say that they're doing so. Um, but in practice, it doesn't really look like they've evolved all that much and, or they've learned the, the specific techniques that it takes. You know, what, what are you seeing from a business perspective uh, when it comes to the use of some of these platforms? I think we've seen a really big divide between those who are doing it right and those who think they're doing it right. Um, specifically in the last year, we're recording this podcast in three different locations across the United States. We're one of many businesses that has not reconvened since March. Um, it's very feasible that we work with people that we may never meet now in this remote and virtualized world. And in this environment where we're inundated with every company that we've bought something from in the past 10 years telling us their COVID response plan, 
social media has been a way to cut through some of that noise and reach people in unexpected ways and support people in unexpected ways. So having just a social media presence has evolved. You not only need a presence, you need a strategy with tactics that roll up to it. What are some of those tactics? Some of the tactics that have helped win hearts, minds, and accounts are being a person online and being genuinely helpful. We had a very distinct shift uh, at the beginning of the quarantine pandemic of making sure that we were being genuinely helpful to people who are following us and serving the needs of the people who choose to follow us. I think the people who are doing it right are those who are scheduling their social media presences, who are making sure that they're consistent across uh, days and weeks. So they're going in, they're checking in on people, they're making thoughtful comments, they're sharing useful content, and being very thoughtful about how often they're going to the well to ask people to take an action that's very business related. Um, So they're thinking about this as more than just one platform and more than just one direct shot from a post to a sale. They're thinking about this as a nurture cycle. Um, And they're incorporating smart things like video and photos and things that make people stop scrolling and pay attention. Yeah, I I like that point about the last point you made about scrolling and, and, and paying attention, because I wonder to play devil's advocate here, because as an older person, I often wonder, um, you know, how much of social media is fad versus um, something that's of substance and, and, and how much of it is a grand waste of time for many businesses and people in, in, in real life. And, and, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. There's definitely a lot of time wasting going on out there, which can be therapeutic in this day and age. Doom scrolling is a thing that people do for better or for worse. But all of that said, I think we've transcended the flash in a pan trend. I can remember in the 90s thinking, why does Pepsi need a website? Uh, Clearly, every business needs a website, just like now every website needs is a social media presence. A huge part of my early career was justifying why we need social media and why it's important and how it can help affect our board-directed KPIs. It's more about what are you going to do with social media to be true to your brand and perpetuate that out in the marketplace. Um, You know, those conversations are happening, whether you're on social media or not. The difference is now you can listen in on those conversations and participate, learn something from it as well. To your point there about the social presence enhancing a company's identity, what are you seeing out there in terms of companies really understanding that and integrating their social activity in with whatever else is happening, whether that's the overall marketing strategy, whether that's the overall content strategy. Um, I, I think that a lot of companies, you know, 10 years ago, maybe treated social as something that was happening in a vacuum. And, and even if they were managing it and maybe giving it attention, it was a little more isolated from other parts. Uh, and, and now I think we're, we're seeing that if it's if it's part of that brand identity, then it has to be integrated with everything. And so are, are you seeing companies embrace that or is it, there still a learning curve there? 
I think the companies that are embracing that integration are the ones that are making progress with social media. It can be really attractive and tempting to try and have the next viral post, but that doesn't work for every business. And the tweets that would surprise and delight us from Wendy's wouldn't go over very well if they came from the CDC. Or if Fidelity tried to make a Mr. Beast style video on YouTube, it would be this bizarre upside down world. Um, so the organizations that are using social media effectively are the ones that recognize that social media is not an offshoot that exists in a different work stream from the rest of your marketing. Social media needs to have a seat at the table and it needs to be something that happens at the beginning of creating a campaign as opposed to at the end, we've created this great microsite. How can you press your magic viral button to get it in front of people? So figuring out how to integrate social media into your plan makes a huge impact in not only how it's perceived on social media, but how it performs within your organization. And how we're seeing this happen is, um, you know, there's a push towards a digital strategy that encapsulates social media and also thinks about video and email and search engine marketing and all of these different things that create a cohesive plan that your audience is engaging with after the fact. So I'm curious, um, that all said, how does one, a business, for instance, go about choosing the social media platforms that they want to use? I mean, are there certain... Um, criteria that they should be looking for? I know it's not many are, are, are not using just a single platform, but they're using uh, different apps and different platforms that are out there, but they all seem to have a distinct message, you know, versus, you know, LinkedIn is different than Twitter is different from Facebook is different from all these other smaller ones that have cropped up. Um, how does one go about evaluating what they think is the best tool that's going to get them the best ROI? I think the first thing to consider is your audience. You're going to have a lot more success talking to people in a place that they already go to as opposed to bringing them to a new place. So depending on who your target audience is, that place very well may be LinkedIn or it could be Twitter. It might be Instagram. It could even be TikTok if you're looking at a younger audience. But figuring out where that audience is is the first step. Then you have to figure out what sort of content is going to be attractive and useful to them. How do you reach them with something that they want to engage in? Um, so you'll want to build content around their needs and solving for their business problems. One thing that I've said before uh, that I still think is really valid, if you're feeling stretched thin, if social media is new to you, pick one site and do it really, really well before you try to do five sites with the same content and just repeating it over and over again. Um, one site done very well might be all that you need, depending on your business needs. And of course, CompTIA does have a marketing toolkit to help you assess the, these needs. We're currently in the process of updating it, and it'll be, be available at connect.comptia.org when it's available. I also wrote a blog post as a companion to this, so watch for that on the website as well. I like that advice because it's um, 
you know, you can be a jack of all trades kind of thing, just to use a, a, a metaphor here, but um, sometimes it's best to just be really good at the one thing. And then may, maybe, you know, to extend it to this, be really good on one platform. Um, nothing annoys me more than people telling me if I write something or if, you know, built some sort of PowerPoints, like push it out to all your channels. I'm like, what is, what, what does this mean? Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Again, this is the older person in me. I'm like, push it out to all of your channels. Like, why don't I just like sort of cultivate one that's great? So it's sort of like that advice. Right. We're not a television set with multiple channels. We're people that are trying to perpetuate very specific business needs. And I think that when we start to think about it in this mechanical way, we start to lose the magic of it. We start to lose the social aspect of social media. Yeah, I agree 100%. And that kind of ties into the last thing I wanted to ask you, Kelly, as we're dealing with, you know, social aspect and social issues, going back to a point we made at the beginning of the podcast here, recognizing that the, the message that you want to put out on social media is going to maybe a broader audience than you would have if you were having a live event, you know, with with people that are are bought in to, you know, to your company. And so if a company puts out these messages on social media that they want to uh, identify with, so for example, if a company puts out, we support Black Lives Matter, that's going out to a very broad audience. There's probably going to be some blowback on that. You know, what advice would you have for companies as they, you know, have these internal discussions, think about what messages that they want to put out, and then prepare for whatever the repercussions might be? I think the first thing that you need to do is have a concept of what your core values as an organization are and make sure that your communications are congruent with those core concepts and be aware that you may lose customers as a result of taking a stand and be okay with the concept that perhaps those weren't the customers that were right for you. Mm -hmm. If you're okay with all of those assumptions, then yes, take a stand make your opinion known um, because there will also probably be a equal and opposite contingent of people who respect taking a stand. Um, also what goes hand in hand with that is make sure that you have a process in mind, outlined in writing preferably about what happens if something gets bigger than you anticipate. Uh, we call this a crisis communications report. Um, we have a little bit of a standard operating procedure around that in terms of who to contact, how to assess if this is a big deal and what happens then. If calling it a crisis communications plan is intimidating, just think about it as a playbook of what will happen if the unexpected happens. Um, and stay true to that plan, follow the course, um, and consider before you may make these statements that once they're out there, they are out there. Um, as you've mentioned, Seth, things can get bigger and go to different audiences than you intended. There used to be this question of, should I maintain a personal and a, and a professional Facebook page? Should I maintain a personal and a professional Twitter account? Chances are, if you had to separate those audiences and you're concerned about your professional network tapping into some of your personal things that you're putting out on the internet, you probably don't want to put those on the internet to begin with. Um, and having those two separate only increases the chances that you'll make a mistake and post something in the wrong place. The internet danger zone sometimes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't yeah. drunk, don't drunk and, tweet. <laughs> and the internet never forgets. 
Yeah. No, it doesn't. Well, these are great insights, Kelly. I really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having me. This was great. Yeah. Thank you very much. This has been a, a great conversation on a big topic. Uh, and like Kelly said, she's going to have a follow-up blog post here. So we'll link to the blog uh, in the show notes so that when that post goes up, people can check it out. And uh, Kelly, looking forward to seeing you again in person sometime in the hopefully near future. Absolutely. Yeah. Stay safe, guys. Yeah, it'll be nice when we can all get together again. But in the meantime, thank you, Kelly, again. All right. Take care. Alrighty. Bye-bye.